right? Do you have your Bibles with you? If you do have your Bibles, please meet me in the book of Nehemiah. This will not be a long sermon today because the announcement already took up, already took up uh, the, a, a ton of my time. But just meet me in the book of um, Nehemiah chapter 3. Meet me in the book of Nehemiah chapter 3. Um, what's it called? This week I really... We're going to be on our future on God's word. This week I, I really was hungry for something. Then I just had to go back into God's word. This week I was really hungry for, for, an, for an encounter. I went back into God's word to get an encounter, a revival of spirits. Amen. Now, so let's honor God's word by standing on our feet. We'll be, we'll be standing shortly just to read God's word. Let's be on, let's be on our feet real quick. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 3. Book of Nehemiah, chapter 3, and we'll read from verse 1. Nehemiah, chapter 3, you can pair uh, Nehemiah, chapter 3, read from verse 1 down to verse um, 6. Eliashib the high priest and his fellows and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. Everybody said the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the tower of the hundred, which they dedicated, and as the and as the tower of Ananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakor son of Zimri, sorry, son of Imri, built next to them. In verse three. The fish gate. Everybody said the fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Han, of Hasenah. They built its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakizor, Akors, sorry, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshalam, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshalizabur, get the idea, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Bahanar, also made repairs. Verse 5, the next section was repaired by the men of Tekor, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. Verse 6, say, this is, okay, verse 6, the Deshat, the Jeshanar gate, that was the Jeshana gate. The Jeshana gate was repaired by Johardar, son of Pasea, and Meshalam, son of Besudiah. They laid its beams and put its doors with, with their bolts and bars in place. They laid its beams and put its doors by their bolts, uh, okay, put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. The Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, this afternoon, before you take your seat, I'm gonna, we're going to pray over the word. This afternoon, the word that is on my heart that God wants us to begin this, the month of December with, and it's going to be a word that will lead us into January. We are literally seven weeks away from here, from Vision Sunday 2024. Amen. Where the Lord will release the word He wants for 2024. This year, the, Lord, the word God gave us for this year was what? Rest. 2023 is the year of rest, the year of the Lord's presence and the Lord's favor. Amen. Now, and 2022 was stronger now. This year is rest. Everybody, people don't really remember this year's on because I don't always say it as often. I'm sorry. Um, so this year is the rest, the year of the Lord's presence, the Lord's favor. And next year, you have no idea what the Lord has for us. Um, but we're seven weeks away from it. And the Lord is already igniting something in our hearts this, uh, from the month of December. The word the Lord placed upon my heart for us to delve into, just a short charge for this afternoon, is actually a, a step-by-step situation. And the word is the way to a revival. Ever said the way? The way. Say the way. the way. Say like we have got men in the beauty. Say the way. The way. To, to a revival. Let's buy answer. Father God, we thank you for your words this afternoon. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Revive our spirits, our souls. Lord, make us see you, Jesus. Importantly, let us let us receive you. Let the grace of understanding be released upon us. And may your presence be felt, O God. May your name be praised in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be sitting in God's presence. The way to a what? Revival. Everybody say revival. 
the way to a revival the way to a revival the way to a revival now such an amazing uh, text passage of scripture where we just read so much people were wondering what in the world and how in the world does this text the text we just read how does it relate or connect with the sense or theme of revival are you following me now the, the, the word revival in and of itself uh, uh, is actually from the root word revive. Everybody say revive. And what revive is, uh, is to bring back to life that which had died. Are you, are you with somebody? To re- bring back to life that which has died. Have died. Right? If, you've ever, if you've ever walked in an emergency uh, room before, or you've ever seen it in movies, you see an ER right where 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 an emer- it's an emergency an emergency step is taken to bring back someone who has already passed and then you see them using this electrical uh, uh, uh electrical uh, uh sound systems whatever it is to on the person's chest you know you say charge clear boom and then you know, they apply that charge thing to the person's chest all in a bit to revive or if you didn't know that one you, you probably the one you learned was mouth to mouth resuscitation method where you pump it here to the person's you blow in into the, into the person's nostrils and sorry mouth and then you hit the person's chest hard if the person drowned in the pool you know this entire mechanisms all in a bit to what revive the person i remember somebody and one thing i found about revival revival methods um from the beginning or from science really is that revival methods are they usually are, are done with so much force are you with me now, somebody? If you've ever seen somebody trying to revive if a baby, if a baby uh, um, uh, dies in, the, in a person's hands, if you see people trying to, if you see what they are trying to bring a baby back to life, you would cry for the baby. Two fingers on the baby's chest and they press hard. One, two, three, one. All in a bit to what? Revive the child. Are you with me now, somebody? So inherently, revival is a, it's an event that happens to something that has died. Amen now. So imagine, for example, you are trying to bring. Okay, it's like you are trying to bring back. Uh, you probably uh, now maybe the, the examples I made you probably don't relate to them. You must have you must have lived. So if you are from this part of the world, you must have lived in a home where at some point you've seen. If your mother didn't do this, you have done it. Or if you haven't done, it, you've seen people do it. Where they try, where they are using, where they use stick, stick uh, for sticks for the uh, fireplace. Have you seen it before? Where, they, where sticks are used for the fireplace? That's for cooking. They use sticks to cook. And then if you notice, at some point the fire then goes out. And before you know, you know, normally you use wind to to make the fire. The way they sit in Nigeria, the fire, make the fire catch, right? So you, you just blow, you just fan, fan, fan flames a little bit, and then it starts to burn, right? But you know that once the fire has gone out, you the way you the rate at which you will fan that flame, it's not going to be when you, the fire was there it will not be the same with how you find the flame when there is no fire. You know what I'm talking about? This time around, you, you you apply more power, more force. You blow until something happens, right? So revival in and of itself is designed to revive a thing that has died. Amen now. Now, how does this relate to the text that we read in Nehemiah chapter 3? Um, we've, in the month of October, the first day of, of October, I preached a summer called Control Your Cloud. Amen now. And in that summer, I talked to, to us about the gates and all these other things in the book of Nehemiah chapter 7, I believe. But today we're going back to Nehemiah, that's the book, book of Nehemiah, but it's not Nehemiah chapter 7, we're going to Nehemiah chapter 3. And in this book of Nehemiah chapter 3, some reconstructions were being done in the land of Israel. Are you mean somebody? Are we all here? Um, in the land of Israel, at this point, you see, Israel had been in captivity in the land of Babylon for 70 years. Let me say 70 years. 
so much so because they were they of course they disobeyed god and god punished them by taking them sending them to babylon for 70 years of of being slaves and you know they, they were now functioning in another city so much so much of them had even forgotten their their for their hebrew language their hebrew tongue i mean as somebody so much that they had their tongue had now become the tongue of the people of um of babylon i mean as somebody so they could not even some of them could not even speak their native language anymore because of how critical it was are you now that because they were in prison i mean not prison per se but they were in slavery for 70 years thank you very much they were in captivity for 70 years are you now somebody and so now in this 70 years a prophecy came forth through the prophet jeremiah that after 70 years the children of israel will be returned and restored back to their land are you now because now when that captivity happened it's almost like saying the kingdom died are you now somebody the kingdom died and god promised that after 70 years the kingdom shall receive revival Amen now. And 70 years came and God raised, rose, raised a man whose name is Nehemiah, a governor. He, he was the cupbearer for the king, King Ahasuerus. That's the king of Babylon. He was the cupbearer for the king Ahasuerus. And the Lord raised him and made Nehemiah the one who would first start a revival. I remember somebody. Because before God can do anything on earth that would ever that would create a monumental change before god can bring about a surge that will create a monumental change in the surface of this earth it needs a man say god needs a man i mean somebody when god created the heavens and the earth he created the firmaments of seas and put the, the, the seas the waters the land the earth he created sand he created sand he created stones he created birds he created pigs he created uh, 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 mammals to live on, on, on earth he created co-blooded animals rather to live in the sea and earth he created all these things and give them their different habitats are you with me somebody but there, but none of these things could fulfill the principle of be fruitful multiply or replenish the earth god did not say these words to any animal only to a man because god's god's idea of be fruitful multiply and replenish the earth what those three words those three commands be fruitful multiply and replenish the earth are captured in the word called dominion everybody say dominion. dominion and last time i checked god did not give goats dominion over earth he didn't give a lion the dominion over earth of course they might they might be kings in their own atmospheres but they were not designed to be kings over earth are you not somebody the only person to which god gave that authority to be fruitful to multiply and to replenish the earth was was who a man are you not somebody because before God can create anything that will have monumental change and impact on the earth, he needs a man. Are you even not somebody? So when a man becomes heaven's door of interference with the earth. Are you even not somebody? So before God could raise, God, before God could revive the land of Israel, he had to go and raise a man. Are you even not somebody? See, before God can create a, a change, a thing that will change the world, he needs to raise a man who will do it. Because although God is God and is almighty, pay attention. Because although God is God and is almighty, he is strong, he's mighty in all things. He's almighty, he's mighty in all things. Although this is very true. But, be, but because when God created heaven and earth, he set boundaries and he made himself king over the heavens and he made man a lord over the earth. Are you mean somebody? So it will be completely, because God is holy, remember, and righteous. So it will be completely illegal of God for God to come into earth without permission. You mean somebody? It will be completely illegal for God to step into earth and do anything. See, he can come and visit you. But it will be completely illegal for God to do anything on earth without using a man. Why? 
Because he had designed a man to be the king over the place. And it's got a principle. Thank you very much. Are you with somebody? It's like, for example, I give you something. I give you the key to a house. I lived there before. And I give you the key. That you own this house and I give you the documents and everything is written in your name. It's me. I, I purchased the house. I built it maybe. And then I write it in your name. I put your name on it. And I sign that deed. If I come to the house tomorrow morning, you go to work and then you come back and then you see that the gate is open and you see me inside looking around and I'm saying, I, I say I came to pick something. Even though you might say, okay, but a part of you will be like, this is illegal. You gave me this house. You don't, you, you don't have the right to budge into this house anyhow. So if I will ever come back to the same house I built, I need the same person I gave the commission of that house to. So for me to, I remember now, for me to go back into the house. So I'll call you and be like, hey, sorry, I left something in that house. And you say, oh, sure, let's come and go and find it. Are you with me now, somebody? So God needs a man for him to do anything that he has set his heart to do upon the earth. So when he was time, when it was time, that's why when, he, when the children of Israel disobeyed God, God raised the man. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. And he raised that man to punish the children of Israel. Maybe not somebody. So when also God needed a man to bring about revival in the land of Israel, he raised another man whose name starts with N, not Nebuchadnezzar this time around. His name was what? Nehemiah. Everybody say Nehemiah. So Nehemiah was the one God raised to create a surge of revival on the earth. Are you with me somebody? I wonder if you are the Nehemiah your family has been waiting for. I wonder if you are the Nehemiah the world has been waiting for. The world has been plunged into darkness, steep darkness, heavy darkness. I wonder if you will be the one who will rise and say, Oh, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord shall rise upon me. I wonder if you will be the one who the Lord would use as a deliverer for your own family. Because I don't know if you know, but the world is in captivity. Our families are in captivity. Are you mean somebody? See, although you might have rich men in your family, but there's still a level of captivity that is still been experienced in that family. Are you mean somebody? And even the richest person, if God designed for the richest person to have, if God designed that the richest person in your family will be the richest person ever, then why did they give birth to you? <laughs> are you are you with me now? Because in the dealings of God, it is the Bible says the path of the just. Uh, it's like a shining light. It shines what brighter and brighter into a perfect day. And so if the brightest one light was one that shone 20 years ago, and ever since no light has ever shined as bright as that, you should ask that something is wrong here. What is going on here? Are you with me somebody? Are you with me? So before God can do anything monumental that will be shifting in an atmosphere, he will need what? A man. So let me ask you, are you the one we are to wait, we are, we are to wait for or should we wait for another person? Are you the one that God would use to shift and gentrify the scope of, 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 of your family? Are you mean that somebody? Are you the one whom God would use? Are you the one whom God would use to create a change upon the earth? Are you the one God would use for revival in your family? Are you with me as somebody? Sure. Some, that's why some of us cannot just live anyhow. It's not that we don't know how to go out. Are you with me or somebody? It's not that we don't know how to go. It's not that we don't know how to make friends. It's not that we don't know how to WhatsApp and Instagram and TikTok all the time. No, it's not like, it's not like we don't desire these things. But because we know that from where I've come from, nobody has ever achieved a mile of success and greatness. If I sleep and I do what everybody around me is doing, at the end of the day, my children will be carrying the same burden as I'm carrying. That nobody has ever, and that will not be my portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you with me or somebody? So uh, if I don't rise up and pray, it is not like I have the strength to pray every night. It's not like I have the strength to fast every day. No, 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 no. But because I know that if God would ever create any monumental change in a life and generation, he needs what? A man. 
And I will not fail God in the name of Jesus. Say you will not fail God. Say I will not fail God. Are you with me somebody? So before God can do anything monumental, that would be a shifting, generational, it, that it will be cataclysmic, that it will be a catalyst. In a, it, it will be completely, it will be, when I say cataclysmic, I mean to the kingdom of darkness. It will be a catalyst of change in a whole generation. Before God can gentrify the slope of time and culture in your life, in your lineage, in your generation, your atmosphere, and your environment, he needs what? A man. Are you finished somebody? And God found that man in Nehemiah. And now Nehemiah is returned back to the land of Israel. And then he begin, he's beginning to do some things to put the city back in its, in its old shape. So returning back to not just old glory, but a much greater glory. I remember somebody. So Nehemiah begins by rebuilding the walls. He begins by, okay, no, before they, they've not said rebuilding the walls at this point. But he first goes and does a scan through. Listen to me, everybody. I'm teaching you steps to a revival. Now, before I, talk, before I show you the way. The steps. The first thing that Nehemiah did after he came back to the land of Israel, Jerusalem, and saw the walls broken through. Hey, this was now just so you know, just so you understand this. Jerusalem, in, in you will not be better believe this. Jerusalem that we see in Israel today, that is currently fighting with Hamas, right? Jerusalem was one of the most powerful nations in the world. No, at the point it was the most powerful. It was the center of commerce at, at some point. Jerusalem had a old temple made out of gold. Are you not somebody? Jeremiah, sorry, I said Jeremiah. Jerusalem, sorry. Jerusalem was so powerful that, it, that the queen of Ethiopia from here got inside, got in a, a, a chariot, ordered men, and said, Let us go and see that place they speak of. Queen Sheba of Ethiopia. Are you not somebody? People from all over the world frolicked, they frolicked to Jerusalem to see that nation in its glory. Hey, people were becoming Jews just because they saw that temple. And they saw, I would say the presence of the Lord came like a cloud that even the priest could not even enter the temple when it was dedicated. Remember somebody? They said, oh, indeed this is the nation that has been spoken of. The nation of the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, and of David. Now he's working with Solomon. Remember somebody? That nation was the most powerful. So the moment Nehemiah stepped into Jerusalem and saw this nation in shambles, he broke down. Ah! Is this the nation that our forefathers told us about? Was it, is it the same nation that my parents said they saw the temple in its, temple in its glory? Is this that same nation? The walls have been broken down. The gates have been removed. The temple, has, see, the temple was burnt down to ash. All the gold was carted away. All the treasuries in the, in the Lord's temple were taken away. They were not used to, to worship idols in another Babylon. Are you with somebody? The, the country had lost its glory. So the first thing that Nehemiah did, hmm? and I want you to take note of this, the first thing Nehemiah did when he got back to the land of Jerusalem was he went and he took notice. Write that down. Take notice. Into brackets, investigate. Investigate. Brothers and sisters, listen to what I'm trying to say to us today. Unless we are, we, we have a mind that investigates why certain things stop ha stopped happening. Are you with me now? We will never be able to create those things again. Are you with me now, somebody? Some of us, we, have, we had moments in our lives where everything was happening smoothly. 
Everything was happening smoothly. I would never stop to ask, why is it going? Why is everything happening smoothly for me? You never questioned. So when it stopped, you didn't know. Are you mean somebody? Because if, for example, things were going smoothly because I was a, a regular tither, I'm just saying. And then I stopped, and I didn't know. And then I stopped tithing. When things stopped going smoothly, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what happened. Are you mean somebody? Are you, are you, do you get this? So you must be a student of notice. You must learn to notice. You go back to your family and ask around. Okay, has anybody been very great in the family? They say, yes, the greatest man owned an, an, owned an Okada. That's a, a, a motorbike. Ah! Be like, this is poverty. <laughs> they didn't know. So the greatest man owned a bicycle in your home. Okay, 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 okay. Then you go, are you with me somebody? You go and investigate. See, if you're going to be a student of greatness, a person who God will make great, you have to be a great person, a person who learns, knows how to what investigate. You look, okay, so why has it never happened? How come nobody has ever been able to reach a certain milestone in our family? Are you mean somebody? Say, for example, there's a pattern that goes on in your family. Ah, grandfather must live with other people. He's married, but then he commits, commits fidelity. My father was also married faithfully, but for some reason he committed infidelity. Kai. And then I'm now smelling that same thing around myself. I find my I find the house even devoted to a woman. I'm just I'm, just, I'm not even I'm not even dating yet. We're just in the talking stage, but my eyes are on other women. That pattern is repeating itself. Are you mean somebody? You must be someone who is diligent enough to take notice. I would say take notice. If you would ever birth change, you have to take notice. Are you mean somebody? Some of the greatest things that are in the market today that are selling, eh? Uh, because somebody sat down and took notice of what people need the most and they don't have. Mm -hmm. sure. Are you somebody? The person who made electric cars must have sat down to think, ah, these people, petrol is high. Let's create a car that the people will not need to use petrol. You know, they will not need to use gas, gasoline. All they need is solar. Are you somebody? And somebody sat down and made it. Tesla. Are you somebody? Until, see, most of the things that we see that are very easy and cheap and we see them and we are buying them today. Something is about them. See these Chinese people, they are so crazy. You will just be seeing, you know, those, you must have seen those vendors on your WhatsApp phone, on your WhatsApp, um, whatever. Those people that are selling everything. You just see somebody say, I remember the first time I ever saw a back scrubber. You know, those, no, not back scrubber, those back things that you use to itch your, if your back is itchy and then you just need to scratch. When I saw it, I was like, back scratch aside, that's what it's called. I was like, wow, whoever thought about this is very, very intelligent. Because sometimes your hand cannot reach your back. <laughs> are you mean that somebody? And you wish so much, and you have, you have to look for somebody, or you go to the wall and start, <laughs> you start acting like a goat, trying to eat your, scratch your, your itchy back. But somebody thought about it. What is it that people need the most? Okay, they need a back scratcher. Because you won't always have somebody who will scratch your back. You might scratch theirs, but they might not scratch yours back. Let me, let me invent a back scratcher. Are you with me or somebody? Mm, the only reason, and that person must be very wealthy today, because you know many people want that kind of device. Mm -hmm. Are you mean somebody? See, if you will ever be a great person, you must learn to study. Are you taking notice? That was the first thing Nehemiah did. He took notice. Ah! This is it. This is the problem. Look at how bad everything has gotten. Have you ever, have you ever wondered? Have you ever looked around and said, and considered, look at, how bad, look at how bad things are right now. Look at how, we used to be this in our family, but look at where we have descended to. Okay. How are you with me somebody? I know we love to use faith and optimism every time. But sometimes when you leave that one outside and not go in the reality of things. Are you with me somebody? There's a, there's a native proverb in my language. It says that when two siblings go into their room, and go, in, go, in, go inside and come back and with, with red eyes, it means they have told themselves the truth. Are you feeling me now? Then when they go inside and lock the door, 
and they come out with red eyes. Their eyes are bloody, blood red, bloodshot eyes. They've told themselves the truth. They probably punched each other, but they came out alive. They still said the truth. So you must embrace that type of nothing sometimes. When you must learn to take, tell yourself the truth. So, hey, I won't lie to you. That's something that I'm not working. I know we have to say faith. Faith. And you, are, you have to hear prophecies. Saying the Lord is saying that he shall bless you. When you need to go back and say, why has the Lord not blessed me yet? I know he promised it, but what is going on? God is not a liar. So if God is, if God is not a liar, then, then this problem is not coming from God. Are you somebody? You must be what a person who learns to take notice. Are you are you taking notice? All of a sudden, all your best friends. I'm not this my not my summer, but this is just a little just a little detail, right? You have friends that will surround you, would help you. People would help. Any small you have a project, everybody is rallying around you. And all of a sudden, people are not longer looking upon you with favor anymore anymore. And you you start just just go bitter. Everybody's bad. You know, F for my F for my haters. And you start posting rubbish on your WhatsApp. Ah! But you don't take, you've not taken notice of it. And that's how your father, your father also lost all his best friends. You don't take notice of it. And that's how your mother lost all every person who would have invested greatly into her future. You didn't take notes. But instead, you just, you don't follow that same pattern. Because instead, when she also didn't notice, when he also didn't notice, next thing they started thinking, everybody is their enemy. Everybody cannot be your enemy. Listen to me. Everybody, if everybody's your enemy, you are the enemy of everybody. Are you mean somebody? Everybody cannot be your enemy. Are you mean somebody? Because the Bible says that it shall even God shall even do it so much that your enemies will come to be at peace with you. Are you mean they are still the enemy, but they, they come and surrender somebody say the Lord, indeed the Lord is with you. Are you mean somebody? Are you are you a student of notice? Are you are you studying? Are you studying? You notice at some point earlier, ah, in January my fire was I was on fire for God. I was on fire for God. All of a sudden it's March and you are the fire has gone out. You're wondering, ah, how did this happen? Because I used to fast and pray like no one's business. Nobody told me I woke up in the night and I prayed. When did I lose this thing? Are you with somebody? Do you know the saddest thing? The saddest thing is to, the saddest thing that I've discovered that happens truly, especially in spiritual things like this, is we don't always notice until it has gone far. Are you, are you with somebody? If you, imagine if you drop, you know, most of the time, when we, when, it, it takes the grace of God to know when you have dropped something, when you drop something on your way. If you're going now and, for example, you wanted to take your, you wanted to take your ATM card out of your pocket and then money was in it and then it dropped. It requires a level of grace for God to make you know that something drops. If you didn't feel it, somebody might call your attention. Hey, brother, brother, you left something. Are you mean somebody? If not, you would have, you know, the worst thing is that you would have gone like 20 miles and start looking for the, when you start looking for your money. You want to pay, it is when you want to pay the cab driver and start looking for money. And start asking, do you take ATM? <laughs> Are you mean somebody? And then you start looking around you in that place. Well, maybe, maybe it dropped around here. Let me, let me measure when I, when I came down from the bike. But it dropped 20 miles. Are you with me? Are you with? Are you a person who takes notice of things? Are you with me? Somebody? Are you someone who takes things into notice? Some of you, the only reason that pattern is repeating itself in your life is because you're not a student of notice. You, you didn't study enough to know that. I'm, this is not my sermon, but I don't know. For some reason, I'm just saying this. You didn't study, study, you, you didn't study enough to know that the time around when my father fell, or when my mother fell, or when something happened. Maybe, for example, financial, you know, financial uh, uh, deceleration. When my father fell financially, you didn't try to go to notice that. Maybe, what happened? Oh, he was a spendthrift. Eh? Or maybe he gambled. Or maybe, maybe, my father went to go and give money to some people he shouldn't have given money to. Hey! You know, if you get that knowledge, you say, hey, 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 Holy Spirit, guide my spending. 
Let me not be a wasteful spender. Are you with me now, somebody? Let me not now give to the wrong person who will take all my money away. Are you with me now? You are. Some, some of you, your, your father, the time your father, you discovered that your father became, you know, an infidel, you know, say having extramarital affairs, was when a, fight, a little fight broke out in his home. And then before you know it, your father was already in other women's beds. You, you didn't study enough to know what caused it. Once you say that it's a little fight, the moment you have a girlfriend or you are married, any little fight that happens, even if she's wrong, you come and apologize. Say, I apologize, I'm sorry. See, I'm the one that I am. See, you are wrong, I am, you, are, I'm, you are wrong, but I'm apologizing. I'm apologizing on your behalf. Are you mean at somebody? Why? Because I must not repeat that same pattern. Are you mean at somebody? Everybody say pattern. Pattern. If you're a good student of notice, you would be able to fix these things. And so because, because Nehemiah was a good student of who, who took, notice, took things into notice, then he was able to now rebuild these things. And then this is really where we are going to today, sermon. The way to a what? Revival. Everybody say revival. revival. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. So now... Nehemiah begins to rebuild the walls, but before he rebuilds the main walls, the first thing he says they should do is that they should put some gates in place, some doors in place, right? Some doors in the city that were important doors that had been destroyed as well. When the band of uh, raiders came from Nebuchadnezzar's uh, 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 company and then they, you know, ravaged the entire land of Israel. Are you know somebody? So now. Nehemiah took notice of this gate because the Bible says at night he went, he didn't tell anybody. He just went around and said, looking about. You know, he was asking questions. He didn't tell anybody why he was asking questions. He was just looking around. Okay, okay. So it was in the morning, I called them and told them, hey, you see, everything is bad. Let us look for how to fix it. So the first, one of the first things he did was he started erecting some gates. Now there were six gates that were mentioned in the book of chapter, in chapter 3 of Nehemiah. Six main gates out of about seven or eight. And I think, no, out of about six main gates that were mentioned, I think about six to seven or eight gates are existing in this chapter. But out of all those seven, I will only bring out three for our notice today. Those other three, maybe if God gives me the grace to talk on talk on them, to touch on those other three later on, and that Sunday maybe I would be doing that. But for today, we'll focus on the top three gates, the first three gates. The first gate, if you notice, is found in Nehemiah chapter 3 and in verse 1. It says, Eliashib the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. Everybody say the sheep gate. Say the sheep gates. You see, if there would ever be revival, even in the church and in your families, God has to first take you to erecting some gates back, putting some gates in place. Are you mean somebody? Look at what it says in the book of Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 2. Open your Bibles, join me in the book of Proverbs 25. I want you to, I'm, I'm saying you should open your Bible because I want you to mark this part of your Bible out. So if you never heard anything I said today, I hope you hear this passage of scripture. So, and I pray that it lingers in your spirit long enough. Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25 and in verse 2. Look what it says. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It says this. It is the glory of God to what conceal... Are you there? Are you there? Proverbs chapter 25 and in verse 2. It says what? It is the glory... Are you there? Now let's read it together. One, two, three, go. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To such that a matter is the glory of kings. King James says it is the glory of kings, what? It's the honor of kings, rather, to search out a matter. Oh, you mean that somebody? So it is the glory of God to consider a thing, it's the honor of kings to search a matter. What that, what that means is, if you're ever going to operate and function in your position as a king, a king in Christ Jesus, you have to be someone who is a student of knowledge. You must know how to search, search things out. 
one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Ecclesiastes. I used to have this in, my, in front of my notepad. I would, before I sit in my Bible every day, I would confess this thing out. It says, I have inclined my heart to know, to search, and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things. I love that passage so much. That's in Ephesians, sorry, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 or 4, something like that. It says, I have inclined my heart to, or applied my heart to know, to search, and to seek out things. The reason of things, rather. Are you somebody? So I, I must apply my heart to know. Because it's the glory of God to conceal a thing. It's the honor of kings to such as a matter. God conceals it. You must set it out. Are you somebody? So the first thing, and, and the reason I'm saying this is we are going to be reading a passage of scripture and it's going to feel like, uh, well, this is, not, this is nothing. This is not, you know, you know when you read your scriptures, sometimes you just read them and they're like, oh, yeah, fancy, the fish gate, the sheep gate, oh, Jeshona gate, okay, okay, water gate, valley gate, don't gate. Okay, okay, these are just normal gates that I mentioned in the land of Israel. But then you have no idea these things have spiritual principles behind them as well. Have you mean that somebody? I'll be studying the principles of the first three gates. So the first gate, write that down, the sheep gates. If God is ever going to create a revival in any city, in any nation, in the Christian faith, in your family, the first gate that must be attended to is the sheep gate. Say the sheep gate. Now the sheep gate is... Um, now I'm going to be talking in the context of the church, and then I'll be talking. I'll be now from there. You know, the horizon of that will now reach our individual lives and families and all that. But from the from the aspect and angle of the church, the sheep gate um, represents the access for souls to enter into the kingdom. Are you hearing that, somebody? The ability of souls, the access given to souls to come into the kingdom. Christ says in the book of John, he says that the thief comes by the, through the window. The shepherd comes through the what? The door. Are you somebody? And when the shepherd comes through the door, it says he opens the door and the sheep can come out in the morning and in the evening they return back through that same door. Are you remember somebody? And Bible says, that Jesus says this, it says, I am the door. So he's he is the door. Are you mean somebody? So now, when I talk about the ship gates, we have to fix it. People need to start getting saved more, basically. Have we made it impossible for people to be saved? How can it be a revival if, there is, if nobody can be saved? Are you mean somebody? We condemn everybody so much so that we don't ever leave room for salvation. I don't condemn people. Listen to me. I don't condemn people. I condemn actions. I don't condemn people. Are you mean somebody? Because... I think about it. That's why people, 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 people know me, right? If you see me, I'm a friend of everybody. I'm if if my squad, when I say squad, they're not my best friends. <laughs> so you know that I'm just being very mindful now. Because someone's like, ah, so how come this is your squad? What am I say? If you see people pull up around me, everybody of every sort and kind, weed smokers, fraud, um, 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 419ers, this fraud, internet fraud boys. I won't call the police on them. They need to be saved. Uh, if, if they can be saved, I can go to the police station. No problem. But they must be saved. Amen. You know, they come, hey, pastor, pastor. Hey, my God, how you doing? I'm friends with everybody. Because you cannot save somebody if you don't first add value to your lives, to their lives, you know? Are you somebody? So they, they, they see me and they, we talk. If, if, if they need assistance, they're going to meet me. One of them called me recently. This boy, yeah, it is fraud, fraud, fraud. Let's not say fraud star. Let me just say fraud moon. Let me not say fraud star. <laughs> Are you reading that somebody? Called me the other day. He said, he said, hello, Pastor. He said, I'm in a very bad position right now. I, 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 
I, I came back to town, but I'm dead broke and everything. I look at my own account. I said, Kai, go to my account. What is in my account right now? It's not really buoyant. I'm not financially buoyant at the moment. But I said, okay, anything. I, the least thing I can do is help him with a little change. I said, Alpha, I just him, can I help him with a little change? That's all I have. He said, no problem. I give it to him. I said, thank you. No problem. No problem. Don't, don't bother. That kind of thing, you've added value to somebody's life that way. Are you not somebody? Are we, make, are we making it? Are we making the door? Are we making it easy for people to be saved? The sheep gate is the first thing. Are you mean as somebody? We must make it. We must make people as. We must make it free for you to access the kingdom of God. That's in terms of salvation. I didn't ask anybody to pay pay me money for them to be saved. Never. Are you mean as somebody? The sheep gate must be monitored, not just in, in terms of people people getting saved, but also are we interceding for the souls? Right, intercession as well. Under the ship gate. Intercession. People, are we interceding on behalf of souls? What intercession, all intercession means is standing in the gap of people. In, in the gap of people. Are you mean somebody? Praying for people. Are you praying? Are you mean somebody? Are you, do you ever pray for people? Are you, or are you selfish? You only pray for yourself. See, if God can, if this, I'm telling you what, see, I said this, this, this is the way to a revival. If God would ever use you as a revival to revive a nation, you must be somebody who, you must be somebody who must learn to pray for the people. The first thing you would find in Nehemiah chapter 1 was Nehemiah got the report of how Jerusalem was battered and shattered in pieces. And the first thing Nehemiah did was he asked God for mercy. Say, Father, I, I confess the sins of my father, my forefathers to you. Indeed, we derailed. You gave us all these good things and we still broke your promise. Father, forgive us. That was one of the things that made God able to you. That was able that, that made Nehemiah usable before God. He was an intercessor. If you would ever be a great person, if it is prophecy that is working your lineage, Father, I bring my lineage before you. I'm not just going, Father, make me great. Father, make me great. Father, make me great. What is that? Because it's like, what is it? kind of selfish prayer? Taking the rock of the line. And that now that rock of the line is not like 20, it's not the 20-man line, no. A 20 billion man, 20 billion man, you mean a man line or men line? Are you mean that somebody? Say, Father, I bring my family for you. I bring, Lord, something must change in this generation. I'm praying for every person. God, my auntie told me she's going to apply for a job. Lord, let that woman get it. Because if she gets it, her children will be saved as well. Financial salvation will come into that family. Are you mean When you intercede, that is the only way God can bring about a revival. Are you mean that somebody? Are you an intercessor? You want to break out? See, we, are, we live in this solo society. Everybody wants to break out on their own. You want to blow for yourself. You know, you know I say, when, you, when I go bless me, I'll bless everybody. That is a rubbish thing to say. Of course, we, of course, we know that the reason God is blessing you before is not for yourself, it's for people around you. Amen? Is that, is that clear? God never blesses a man for himself. God, God is not like that. Because God, God is very intentional about every resource. I told you some weeks ago, God is the greatest bookkeeper in history. Every, every single grace he releases, he counts it. Oh, I gave this boy grace yesterday two times. <laughs> he writes everything down. I gave him two naira yesterday. I even mean, uh, who did this two naira reach? Oh, everything went to item seven. All right, taking notes. <laughs> Are you mean somebody? Are you mean? So if you are ever going to be someone that God can use, you must be someone who is selfless in the place of prayer even. You intercede for people. God, I pray for that person who, devil, who the devil is who's playing games with. Lord, get that person saved, God. Father, I'm praying, Holy Spirit. Ah, God, this person just, somebody called me, somebody called me. Okay, somebody, I checked with somebody last week. He's a, he's a, he's a member of the church. He's, he's in diaspora. He's in, uh, I think, Ibadan or something. Because the ministry is rich in all these places. So he's in Ibadan. And then, he, and then we were talking last week and then he told me, he said, Pastor, I'm in a very bad place financially. Hey, I said, wow. 
I was so concerned in my spirit. I know this should not be happening. Not, not under my watch. I said, call me 8 o'clock. 8 p.m. came, he didn't call. He forgot. I said, Lord. I said, God. No, no, because the kind of person I am, I'm, my day is really planned. In my mind, if, if I've not put a thing into plan, I don't like, I don't always do it because I'm important over urgent, right? And so, out of, out of importance, but then this is also important. So, I, the next day, he didn't text, he forgot for almost like four hours. I called him back. I texted, I said, I said, I said, you should call me yesterday. I said, now, I'll call you now in five minutes. I'll call you in five minutes now. I was trying to do something like when I was ready, coming back in five minutes, and we spoke extensively that, that night. Told me what was happening. Ah. And I thought pity for him. I prayed for him. Because I told him, I said, I asked him, I said, have you been tithing? He said, no. I said, uh uh-uh. uh. Why are you not tithing? How do you expect God to bless you? That's the key. I've been talking talk, I told about the key earlier. That, that's the, if you're not a regular tither, God cannot really bless you, honestly. And I said some people say, Oh, oh, about Elon Musk. Is he a tither? He might not be a tither. But you see, the, the exception, you keep on mentioning the exception, not talking about the rule. That's one person out of eight billion human beings on earth. Are you mean somebody? So now, I, t- he said, he I, say, I was so concerned. When we finished, we, we spoke extensively for almost an hour. Then I prayed for him at the end of it. I remember somebody, you stand in the gaffer, you pray for him, you intercede. Somebody, God, the Lord can, can show somebody, shows, God, the Lord shows some of you to me in, in visions. And when I see it, I say, I don't want to tell anybody what I saw. If I told, if I told you everything, someone will live in a fear. Hey, God, my life. Am I, is my life. No, no, no. Listen, you pray, you labor. Say, so God, save them. God. That is how God raises a man that would spearhead a what a revival. I will be somebody. Say it was a revival. So that's the first, right? The sheep gate. So the sheep gate had to be fixed. You have to fix the sheep gate. That's the only way. The first step to seeing a revival is the sheep gate must be fixed. If you are if you have been if you have been so mentally oriented to think about yourself and yourself alone, it is time to start thinking borderlessly. It's time to start thinking outside of yourself. Are you with me somebody? It's time, to start, it's, time, it's, time, it's time to start thinking of, okay, how can I create wealth for people? Are you with me somebody? One of my desires for ministry is to create wealth for people. I said something a while back. I won't announce what it is yet until next year. You know, we don't know the legal papers and everything. But one of the things I did was, how can I create wealth for people in, in, in Christendom? So myself and, and, and someone, we came together and we thought about it. And then we created a platform where people can do one thing. They, they do it and they, now people have been doing it and they have no idea I'm the owner of the company. I'm not saying anything yet. I remember somebody. And the people are celebrating their wins. People are, there are people having access to their wealth of knowledge and everything. But they have no idea that we are the ones behind it. Why? Because I must be, you must be, if you are not burning with a desire to see souls saved, God cannot commit anything great into your hands. Because he, he knows that the same hands he gave you to is without a nasty man. Oh, you somebody? Let's not be like the kings of old who died with all their treasures and treasuries and they are descendants and have no trace of greatness in them. Oh, you somebody? So we must first fix the what? The ship gate. Everybody say the ship gate. The next thing that must be fixed, now write this down. From verse 3 of Nehemiah chapter 3. It says, The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hasena. The fish gate. Everybody write down the fish gate. The fish gate. The fish gate. Gate, the fish gate. Like again, I said, I'll, I'm solely majorly talking about it, this thing in regards to the in regards to the church, but the horizon would also rise in a way that would affect every area of our lives, as I said. Amen. Now, the what the fish gate? Everybody say the fish gate. Now, what is the fish gate? Now, right now, pay attention. The fish gate is referring to the gospel's economy. Are you know somebody? 
they fit now because because of the the environment like that uh, children of Israel were found. Uh, they they were majorly hunters and fishermen. Are you mean somebody? Because in some places they had like Jordan and all these things, they and the, the, you know they had access to sea to water bodies, and so they were fishers. I mean now, when Christ met the disciples, most of them were fishermen. And are you following me now? And fish and one of the jobs of a fisherman was not to fish for his family. He was they were fishing to sell. Are you mean somebody? And that's why all the miracles of multiplication Christ did, multiplying bread, it was only bread and what? Fish. It's economy. Are you mean somebody? You must see until there will be no revival. Listen, this might not be this might be crazy, but you see, there will be no revival in the church, right? Until there are people who will be selfless, who will selflessly give to the gospel's economy. See, some of us, the reason the, the one key that God has been waiting for us to put in that door is a selfless is the key of selfless giving. Ah, church ministry, what okay, church, what do we have? What do we have? Okay, what do we not have? What, let, what, whatever I can do, whatever grace is given, whatever empowerment I receive, I must invest into this thing. Can you somebody? For a year now, we say we want, to put, we want to go on radio and all these things. All it takes, see, the ability to go on radio is in, is in someone's hands right now. Can you somebody? Even though it might not be one in my hand, it might be a number of people. People say, I'm, I'm giving to this, I'm, I'm sowing into this, I'm committing my seed into this, into this, um, into this thing. That this the ministry, what what God is sharing with us every Sunday must be put or put on, on air on radio, whatever it is. And someone says, I have one connection or two. I have the money. This drop there and they see and they sow seed. Because of course you know that although the gospel is eternal, it works on the wheels of money. Do you believe that? Everything that would ever emerge must because of the world we live in now, it must have economic an economic side to it. Even Jesus Christ as, as great as Jesus Christ was, there were some women that were financing his ministry. Are you mean somebody? One of them was Mary Magdalene. Are you mean somebody? These were women who financed Jesus' ministry on earth. You think it was easy for Jesus? You think it was easy for Jesus to say, "Oh, let's go from one city to another." Are you mean somebody? Even though, even though the boat was belonged to Peter, but all the servicing the boat needed, who was paying for it? There's only one time it was recorded that there was a mysterious harvest uh, of money. Christ told Peter, "Go to go and fish. The first fish you find, open his mouth, and there are two gold coins inside." I you mean somebody? And that was the only time that was ever recorded that Christ, you know, did such a miracle. Other times, who paid? Are you mean somebody? So people were financing his ministry. Are you mean somebody? And those people, their names can never be wiped out in the Bible. The first time Jesus met Mary Magdalene, you know what she had? She was infested with a demon, with seven demons. Are you mean somebody? The last time Christ saw Mary Magdalene, guess what? She was speaking in tongues. Hadagadiash. She was among the, the 120 apostles who gathered in the upper room. Praying. Was that the Holy Ghost come down? And the Holy Ghost came. Who? She became one of the, she, she was among the first people to see Jesus when he resurrected from the tomb, from the grave. Are you mean somebody? See, one of the ways to see revival is to also invest in kingdom economy. Are you, are you financing the gospel? Or you think the gospel will finance itself? Are you mean somebody? Are you somebody who says, I know for sure. Now, we, now thank God, with the way ministry, our ministry, this, the land church is structured right now, we don't need so much to even go online, to go on air. I mean, like, just like we are streaming right now, people are listening to our sermons. It doesn't, it doesn't cost that, that much. Eh? But if we're ever going to go, because it's, then this is still limited. 
I mean, somebody. This is still limited. We need to go video. We need to get to radio. I get me. We need to all, do all these things. And, and this is not selfish. This is only because the gospel that, that has been given must must go into all nations. I mean, somebody. One of the Mark 16 says, from Judea to Samaria to the end of the earth. I mean, that's why that's how far the gospel has to go to the what the ends of the earth. I mean, somebody. So now, the gospel that has been given must spread. But how can it spread if you are not financing the gospel? I mean, somebody. So fully understand this as well. Join me in the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And let us look at verse 10. Verse 10. Luke chapter 5 and in verse 10. I want to show you something really quick. Luke chapter 5 and in verse 10. For he, okay, now go to verse, let's go to verse uh, 9, verse 8. Let's see from verse 8. Once Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Now, what did he see? At this point, Christ had just multiplied. And had caused Peter to make so much, catch so much fish that in that in Peter's life and history, history of being a fisherman, he has never caught this number of fishes before. Are you, are you with me, somebody? So Peter caught great number of fish. And when he said this, he said to Jesus, "Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man." For he and all his companions companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Now listen to this. Then Jesus said to Simon, "Don't be afraid." Listen to this. From now on, what will happen? You will fish for people. King James says you will fish for men. So the second side of this is also discipleship. This is in church. Not just, not just economy now, even discipleship. Are you with somebody? Are we discipling people? See, let me tell you one of the reasons why I'm usually concerned when somebody gets saved and, then, and they never sit under discipleship. is Though their salvation is true, Every for me now, they might never experience translation or sanctification indeed, because they never sat to be discipled. They never taught them the tenets of the scripture. They don't know the scripture. The only thing that Jesus loves them, John three sixteen, is true. But how do you know? How do you come about revelation? How do you come about? So when the storms of life come, storms of life comes, because it, it will, it will come. How would the person be able to defend their faith? Are you in a somebody? If the person has not undergone discipleship, amen. Now, so we are, we, we are to watch. This side of, 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 of ministry as well. If God is ever going to use us to create a revival, to birth a revival on the earth, he must, we must be people who, what? who are found to be people who would repair the fish gate. Everybody say the fish gate. The fish gate, everybody. The fish gate is very important, you see. The gospel try, thrives on money as well. Of course, all the money is not all there is to the gospel. Oh, money is the least. But it needs money as well. You know somebody? The fish gate is important. It's like gates. See, see, before Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls of Jer Jer Jerusalem, these are the first things he attended to. Before he ever got up to say, let's rebuild the walls, let's fix gates. Let's let's create a gate. Let's let's fix gates in um Jerusalem. The first thing you saw you see Nehemiah, Nehemiah do is fixing these gates. The second being the fish gate. Amen now. Now the third thing and the final one before I close today, I told you it's going to be a short sermon. The, the third and final gates that must be uh, that must be uh, must drive our attention and focus before there can be a revival in the land, in our families, in our lives, and whatever it is. The, the 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 third 
and final gate for this particular meeting. It's not the final gate in the scriptures, but just the final gate for this meeting. It's called the Jeshana gate. Or just write, write the Jeshana gate. That's J-E-S-H-A-N-A-H. J-E-S-H-A-N-A-H gate. Now in bracket, write the old gate. Because Jeshana in the in the Hebrew means old. Are you remember somebody? Old, 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 old. Everybody say old. What does it mean? What does it mean to, to fix the old gates? Listen to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. What does it mean to fix the old gates, people? What does it mean to, to, to have the old gates fixed? Are you mean now, somebody? It's simple. You see, you see, if you if you if you if you look through time uh, memorial. Down to this present moment where we stand, right? We are standing in the effort of our ancestors. Are you somebody? We are what? Standing in the blood and sweat of our ancestors. What are, we are fighting in what our ancestors labor to provide. Are you somebody? See, people, people I, I, I pity for the most are the ones who are black Americans, you see. They, now they are, they, are, they are the ones who live anyhow. They do anyhow. Back then, black Americans, they, they, see, the, the, way, the way the devil has now, is now working with those guys, nothing like that before. They were the most laborious people in America. They were considered slaves. If you know what they are, what they are people who are black Americans, African Americans, if you know what they went through to achieve the freedom they have today, they had to kill Malcolm X. They had to kill, they had to kill, uh, 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 Thank you, Martin Luther King Jr. They had to kill, uh, um, what's, I'm trying to remember this other guy's name, who was called the Black Messiah for the, for, for the guys. His name is Fred. Fred Hampton, that's his name, Fred Hampton. They had to murder these people in their sleep, some of them. For America to, for Black Americans to have the freedom they have today. Are you with me now today? Are you, now to, are you, with, are you with somebody? So like, we are standing today in what our ancestors they bought for. Even now, not just our ancestors, no, now just to be clear, some of us have like, ah, Pastor Mano, no my ancestors. My ancestors are idiots. If I, if you ask me, <laughs> no my ancestors. No, no, no. I'm not just referring. Like I said, typically I'm talking about the church. We are standing today in what ancestors, what the fathers of the faith in this in this nation created. Are you somebody? We stand today in under the impact of a man like past, like Apostle J. Babalala. Not just it was not just, a, not, it was not just an apostle to Christ apostolic. It's an apostle to, to to the entire Nigeria. Then there were never there were nothing. There was not like signs and signs and what wonders happening in church. No, they were only going to church to sing hymns. And the pastor would preach a depressing sermon, and everybody would go home, and everybody would go back to taking drugs, taking pills, and and you you know consulting consulting idols to give them power. But then a man like Apostle J. Babala came up, it justified the entire slope. Are you even know somebody? Those people were were they they created they created something that we all can stand under today. So when I say power in abundance, and you say yes, there's power in abundance, let me tell you the first one who initiated it in Nigeria. Are you know somebody? We stand in the in the sweat and labors and tears of a man like Ryan, like Pastor Rahana Bonke, Reverend and Evangelist Rahana Bonke. What this man did in this nation cannot be cannot be fully accounted for. One million people getting saved, millions of people all over the world. It was an offer in Kwara State here. A man came, left Germany and came to Nigeria. Are you know somebody? It was friends of many presidents, including the late Sonia Abacha, trying to get into Nigeria. He was bootlegged out of Kano by the uh, sons of the bond woman. They, they kicked him out of Kano State. They didn't want him to preach the gospel. He was almost killed. Are you with somebody? 
but he came back again. Many of, many of us, once we see that kind of persecution, we'll run. But he came back. Are we have somebody? We are standing in the sweat, the blood and the tears of this man. Are we have somebody? We cannot, we cannot forgo everything and act like, oh, that was good, and just forget about it like that. See, if there will ever be revival, there must be honor to the fathers of old. Are we have somebody? If you cannot honor the men of old, the men that have come before you, you cannot be as great as they were. Because if you cannot honor what they had, you cannot have what you desire. Maybe that's somebody. Honor. Now, aside from just honoring the fathers of old, we also talk about the faith that was established back in that day. Some of these people, they lived under so much persecution. Some of them were, you know, so, some disciples were even cut into two. Are you following me now? They were cut into two for the sake of the gospel. Some were tied to horses, and then they would ask the horses to, to uh, us riders to, to, to ride in different, in separate, in different directions. Before you know, the person, the disciple was cut into pieces. Are you somebody? For some, they were dragged through the city. They would tie them to a horse, to a horse and they would drag them to the city. Before, they, before the end of this thing, they have, they, they have died, they, they've died already. Stephen was stoned to death for this faith. But you, you sit on, you sit there comfortably. I know somebody who even somebody is going on. He's he's, he's placing he's placing bets online. Hi. If you're in a, if, if you're in a place like like Zaria, but you agree this place is in the north where people who go to church don't even know if they'll go back home. Mm. Just a year ago, I remember I was in service that day where and where and a service was going. I, I made a prayer. I can't remember what the prayer was. What the prayer was? We, we finished making the prayer and then we came. We are coming back home from our from the hallways and and we're coming back home and I just said let me check what's going on, on the internet and I came online. To say thank you, Jesus, for the service. And next thing I saw, people were posting something happened in Nondo, something happened in Nondo, I think it was Nondo. And then I saw blood in the church. A young girl in a gown, nine years old, I think, in a gown with blood. Hey! And so if a father, father was shot protecting his child, if father and child died in a church service, are you mean somebody? This, this would, some of these guys, they go to church with the mind that, hey, we might not come back home today, but we know that when we die, we were we died in the service of God. But we sit here in the West, in the West here. We, we sit and we are comfortable. We sit and we are comfortable. We are we, we, we just we just fold our legs and we just act as though I hey, remember somebody. We, we act as though as though the person who claimed who, who we know that has saved us. As if we as if we, we act as though he crossed his leg when he was dying. Forget that he was hung upon a cross. He was made to bleed. Science, scientists say that he had a heart attack. Is that his heart ruptured on the cross? That is why blood and water came out of his side. Remember somebody. But now we are here. You know, we are enjoying. We, are, we enjoy comfort, faith. Fast? No, no, no. I can't fast. Fast. I have ulcer. No, really. You don't believe that God can heal you of your ulcer. That's why you've not displayed enough trust enough to fast. Remember somebody. Hey God, God, I want to fast at 3 p.m. But I know that my ulcer will not make me even go beyond 11, but I trust you. I mean, somebody. No, we have gotten so used, so used to the comfort of life. See, I've made, I've made a decision in my life. No matter, see, and this is why I'm wired as well. No matter how comfortable I am, if I've not found one way to suffer a little bit, eh? To, when I say suffer, not like, I, not like suffering, in life, like just to put myself, to remind myself of the sufferings of my Christ, I would, I would lose, I would lose taste of, of the gospel. The gospel will become, will become sour and bland in my mouth. You follow me now? Those days of walking from, from our house all the way to, way to Okyodo and walking back in the hot sun, like this way the sun is shining bright. We will walk to and fro. We will evangelize. We will go to service. 
We didn't have money for transport. If I forget those days, I'm a fool. If I forget, if I, if I forget those days and say, oh, we are doing online church now, I'm a fool. Even before online services, everybody just come online, they turn online, they think, oh, the service, the service, you know, oh, wow, they just came and preached. He came preach, was preaching from his bedroom. He's probably still wearing his boxer shorts. Oh, even if I'm wearing my boxer shorts, do you know how much prayer I prayed on that, in that boxer shorts? It sounds funny, but I'm being serious. Are you following me now? Nobody understands how much work goes. See, if we, if, if we think because we are living in a comfort society that faith lost its initial inherent value and power, then we are mistaken. That's why we are not experiencing the power of God in our meetings anymore. Everything now is about the light and the stages. You like the sound. You see, you see youth, youth are just, youth now have this constant habit of bouncing. You know what they call bouncing? They, they, they phone they used to call them, use them in Tazi 310. They say, they say, oh, call it Ojabo for Omona bouncing. If you force on the ground, it bounces. It's a, a, a youth, it falls from sin. Instead of, you know, renewing his ways with God, he bounces from one church to another. He's just bouncing, bouncing everywhere. They, they are in every church. Every man somebody. We forget the faith that was initially handed, on, handed over to us. Look what it says in the book of Jude. Quickly, everybody, join me in that place. And this is what I said we wrap. The book of Jude. Book of Jude. This Jude is the book before Revelation. The book of Jude. Jude doesn't have any chapter. So let's just say, let's say Jude chapter 1. Because there are no chapters. Just Jude chapter 3, verse 3 rather, to verse 4. Jude 3 to 4. Look at what it says. It says, Dear friends, Although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share. This is what I felt compelled to write and urge you. To, he said, I felt compelled to write and to what? To urge you. To contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to all God's people. What does he think? Contend for the faith that was once entrusted to all of God's people. You mean that somebody? For certain individuals whose condemnation was written long, about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. The ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality. And deny Jesus Christ our Lord, our only sovereign and Lord. Are you mean somebody? Jesus says to what? Strive. Contend for the faith. Are you mean somebody? Contend for the faith. You think it's easy to pray? Come let's I'm, I'm there. I'm, I, want, I, want to, I want to pray. And then I'll, I'll be very real. Even last night, I, I stood up here and I was weak body because I'd, I'd given myself out to so much work. And I was, I was really exhausted from, from work yesterday. And then I, I, I wanted to pray. Honestly speaking, I only had 40-something. Maybe, maybe, I don't think it was up to 40 minutes of sleep. Maybe 20 or 30. And I got up again. I sleep, my eyes, body tired. I said, no, I must pray for Not for myself. I'm not just praying, God, let, my word, let the summer make sense. No. I believe in prayers. Let the souls be saved. I guess me somebody. Content for the faith. And I'm nowhere, I'm not, see, I don't think I've apprehended anything. I'm, I've not apprehended anything yet. I don't have anything yet. I've not, but, but that's why Paul said, look at Paul, at the height of Paul's ministry, it was already probably in the 60s. You no, know, Paul says, says that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. So we make comfortable with one to his death. What does that mean? That I may know Christ to even the suffering he encountered. Let me share in his sufferings. So when I get to heaven, I have a badge Say, Christ, I know what it feels like to have, been, to have saved the world. I mean, somebody. But I know we love comfort. Uh, see, some of us, our Bibles have been closed for two years. We've not opened it. But our phone died for two minutes. Our lives are upside down. Yeah, my phone died for two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody. We've forgotten the faith that was handed over to us. China, people are there in China. I, heard, I saw a video earlier today of Christians in Somalia. 
They cannot start, they cannot worship God in open the way we are doing. That we are in our house and we are shouting and people are passing. For where? They are calling the police on us. From the airport, they already seized the man's Bibles. You are coming to this nation, I see Bible, we scan your bag. No, you cannot go with that. With that. If you go with it, please, let me leave it here. When you are going back, you come and you take it. You can't go with your Bible into the city. Christians in China are worshipping God in bunkers, underground. Because they must not be caught. Are you mean somebody? But we love comfort. We love, we love all the merry, merry. We love everything, you know. Say, yeah, yeah. Says, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of you. Are you mean somebody? Until we understand, we grasp. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying we don't have fun. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a guy of fun. I love, I'm, my star has this joke. says, what did, what, what, what did the mushroom, what, what did, was the mushroom called when he entered into a party? Fun, a fun guy, you know? He was a fun guy, fun guy, F-U-N-G-I, right? And I thought, I thought, I thought you didn't get the joke, right? So now, I, I'm a fun guy. We love to have fun in service in, in church and all these things. But when the time comes for the word, I love to be very serious. Because I know that this thing, See, I never see every time. If there's any day I come to to preach this gospel, like I and I come to preach the Bible, see, even every day, if you, if you need to see the way I ask God to give me a word for every for every Sunday, you will not think I'm a pastor. You think I'm a I'm a newbie. You think I never read my Bible? Because every time I want to come every week, I'm like, hey God, please help me. I'm I'm kneeling down. I'm lying down. I'm saying, please help me, God, give me a word for your children. Because I know that your, our souls live on this word. Our souls live on, on information, but our spirits thrive on revelation. If I don't give, if you don't have any revelation from the word of God, I, you've only left with more information on my book. No revelation that would give your spirit life. Are you mean somebody? Are you laboring? You don't have to be a preacher like myself to labor, by the way. You're going to preach. We're going to be having massive evangelism week this week. This week. Are you praying? Are you, before, before you go out to, 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 to evangelize, are you just open your, just open your mouth and say, Jesus loves you, all of you. Jesus loves you. They're not praying. That like they are so there are distractions already. You're preaching to, to guys. Have you ever have you ever witnessed to, to people who are smokers? Not just smokers, who are smoking before. If you've not, you don't know what I'm talking about. I have gone to, I was there. They were all of them had they had the blunts in their hands, all of them. They had joints in their hands. But I got there by the power of the Holy Ghost. They were arrested, they could not smoke that thing till I was till I left that place. I mean somebody. So that guy said, he said, he said, he said, he said that guy, I can never forget what he said to me. He said, he said, sit there. He said, look at this compound. This is a student. He said, this look at this student compound. There are Christians in this compound. Christians have come past, have come to my house to preach to me for. But none of them have been able to hold my attention beyond two minutes. Not beyond brother, brother this. Brethren, brethren, brothers and sisters. I was there for over an hour. For like one hour, 30 minutes. And then we had a solid conversation on faith. How you mean somebody? I wish we would just understand. I wish you understand that this faith, this faith that we have, hey. You're like, ah, it's Sunday, I can't go and preach. Eh? Last week, mo- last week, monthly evangelism week. A massive evangelism week, Father. Uh, so I'm not going to be a pastor who says, get so saved, so I'll just be, I'll be bringing the God. No, I will go out there and preach. Till 6, 7 p.m., I was not home. Ask people, people who lived at home at that time. I was out there. As many people as I could find. And by the way, just so you, to, to make it, this, I'm not supposed to say this, not to, this is not me bragging or anything, no, this is solely about the grace of God. I'm just telling you what I'm, I'm telling you how much I really I deeply desire to connect with that level of service and sacrifice. Those that every person that I got to preach to, I did fasting. 6 p.m. I had not tasted water. And I was still talking to people. I, was, I stood with a girl, we dead for almost an hour again, talking about the gospel. Can you me somebody? Contend for the faith that was initially given to us. The, the third and final gate I'm talking about is that gate, the old gate, the Jeshina gate. 
are you fighting contending for these three gates? What are the first? What's the first gate? Are you me? The fish gate. Uh huh. The second gate. The ship. Okay, sorry. The first is the ship gate. Sorry. Uh huh. The second one. The fish gate, and then the third one is the Deshana gate or the old gate. Are you laboring to see that these gates are put in place? If you are not, there can be revival. God cannot use you. Why? What will God use you for? If you have, you've not delighted Him in any way, how can He use you? How you mean as somebody? Let's be on our feet. We're already past time. Thank you, Jesus. This is, the, this is the glory of God to conceal a thing. It's the honor of kings to search out the matter. Let your voice to God and ask God. This is the only prayer I'm going to pray today. Say, Father, give me a renewed hunger for you. Give me a renewed hunger for you. I know that I've been the pressures of life have changed my taste buds. But Father, give me a renewed hunger for you. I need a new hunger. Baptize me freshly. Lord, baptize me fresh. With a hunger. Bible says, it is those who hunger and thirst for righteousness that will be filled. God, give me a new hunger for you, Jesus. God, give me a fresh burden. A new burden. Let me be burdened with the things on the heart of the Father. It is a pahada for us here. For this generation. Lord, baptize me in this new hunger. Lord, give me this burden. I want to see a revival in my generation. I want to see a revival in my home. I want to see a revival in my city. I want to see a revival in my nation. Baptize me with the burden required. Baptize me with the burden. Lord, baptize me with the thirst, the hunger for, for you that is required, oh God. The test and hunger needed to create a change in our generation. Lord, the hunger for you that is needed for you to use me in this generation. Father, baptize me in that hunger. If it's to pray like no man's business, help me to pray. If it's to fast like no man's business, help me to fast. If to study your word like no man's business, help me to study. If you to give like no man's business, help me to be selfless in my giving, in my generosity, to your work and to the people of, of, of God. Father, help me, O oh God. Baptize me afresh with a thirst and hunger for righteousness. Lord, baptize me, oh God, freshly, Lord, with a burden, with a thirst, with a hunger, to see you move in this generation, to see you do mighty things in this generation. The things that have been spoken of our forefathers, Lord, to have experiences our forefathers had, to have them come back again. For there to be a revival in this generation, in this city, in my time, in my lineage, let there be a baptism of fresh hunger for God. Fresh fire for God. Fresh hunger for God. Fresh fire for God. Fresh and fresh. A fire that is fresh. I need a fire that is fresh. Because all fires and flames cannot do this thing. We need fresh fire, oh God. Fresh anointing. A rebirthing. A revival. A re-oiling. A refiring. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.
Eyes closed, head, head bowed, eyes bowed across this place. And online, if you're listening to me online or you're on podcast and you've not given your life to Christ Jesus, this is the opportune time to do it. We don't, we're not always presented with time. See, time, although we have time at our fingertips, at every, every day we wake up, there's time to us. We have time, we have time, we have time. But we're there, we don't always have the opportune time. Now is an opportune time. It's a Kairos moment, you see, for you to say, Jesus, I want you. Because I want you to use, I want you to break the revival in me and through me in this my generation. And I want you to use me freely, God. I don't want to, for, I don't want to have any, I, I don't want to spend my life chasing after desires that don't, that don't cross. Desires that don't cross. I, I build houses, they don't cross with me when I die. Lord, I, but souls, that thing, they cross with me when I go. When I get to heaven, the souls that I got, that, that, that were saved by, on, my, on account of, 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 of Jesus' name through me, will be the ones that will represent me in heaven, not the buildings I had, not the edifices I erected in my, in, in my name and my finances. So you're that person you want to, you want to be saved or revived. If you're that person right now, church, we're going to say this prayer together for the benefit of that person who wants to say yes to Jesus right now. Say, Father, say, Father, Father. I thank you. Come on, say, boldly, say, Father, Father, I thank you for your love and your life, for forgiving me, for washing me with your blood when you died on the cross of Calvary. Today, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Today, I come into union with your death and union with your resurrection. Watch me, make me clean, transform my life, make me like you. And indeed, from now, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. For by his death and his resurrection on the cross and from the grave, it has revealed to me the position of the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, celebrate Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen and amen. If you're that person, you just said yes to Jesus, please let us know. Send us a message today. The number to send that message to is plus 234-90234-374-15. Plus, again, plus 234-90234-374-15. Give us a call. Give us a text, whatever it is. Let us know that you got saved today and you have a new fire burning in your heart. Old fire cannot do it. Old flames can't do this job. Only new ones can. New wine, new wine skin will only do this job in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. Hey, listen, this week we are going massive. We are going in mass. We are going in the strength of the Lord, right? To see souls saved. Are you with me, somebody? To what? To see souls saved. If you're not invested in this, you're not invested in this commission. But that's the greatest commission. The, great, the greatest commission was what Christ gave his disciples in the book of Mark. Just go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Baptizing men in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Preach the gospel. That's the, great, that's the greatest commission. The great commission. The greatest one. Are you with me, somebody? So we are going this week in the might of that great commission. At least two souls per day, everybody. At least two souls. See, during the week, the Lord the Holy Ghost will upgrade us. For those who are already there, no problem. You can start operating this. When you get somebody say, get them filled with the Holy Ghost. It has happened before. It happened here. It happened when I was evangelizing. The person got saved. A, a Muslim boy. Never, what, has never happened by before and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. So he's speaking in tongues here on the road, by the roadside. I remember somebody. It can happen if we only believe. Amen now. So we are going in the strength of the Almighty. Lift your hands if you're going to be if you're going to be doing this job with me this week. And we're going to say a prayer, a prayer of commitment and to receive strength and confidence from God. Because another thing that the enemy uses to fight us is confidence. We don't feel confident enough to preach the gospel. So lift your right hand to God. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh baptism of confidence, of strength, 
of hunger, of confidence, of strength, and of hunger. Confidence to preach your word, strength to preach the word, and hunger to see more souls be saved. For you in the name of Jesus Christ. So I receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So this week we are going out to see souls saved. That is our hunger, that is our desires, our passion and stuff. The Holy Ghost will be doing in us and through us this week, all through the week. Share post those pictures on your on your social media and go out there. At least two souls. Get at least two souls saved. Get at least two conversations in one day. Every day. This is on Sunday. Amen. Now. Do you know if you do two souls for seven days, do you know how much I mean that is 14 by by Sunday? 14 souls. If you do 14, you do 14, I do 14. Do you know how many that is? I mean, I, 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 can't, I, do, I can't do math like that, but it's probably 50 already. 52. Thank you. That's about 52 persons. Last month, we had about 50-something conversations as well. I remember somebody. Imagine how many we have this month. So before the year runs, we're already having about 100. Only people have heard about Jesus. By January, we are, are, you, are you at that excitement probably on yesterday? By January, we have gotten to 150-something people. By the time is by the time is before before December we've already gotten to over a thousand people to be saved. I don't remember somebody. That is how we get the gospel out. Amen. Now the Lord bless us in the name of Jesus. So don't forget you can sign up for reflect and reason. More information on that will be released on the group after on our platforms and social media whatever after today's service. Sign up for reflect and reason. Our three day end of the year devotional 29th, 30th, and 31st. I don't know, but it's been it's been I've been feeling my spirit. The Lord is asking us. I even God showed me something this morning. I'm not sure. I'll still pray about it more. But I feel that the Holy Spirit is asking that we do a little something. We're going to be waiting. I'm not saying we are going to probably are going to be doing this. Uh, we're good, that for the last, the last three days of the year, we'll be waiting on the Lord as a church with prayer and fasting. Um, we're not doing three days. I'm not, I'm not saying nobody should do marathon. We're doing marathon. I'm just saying, maybe if it's 6 to 6, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., we'll all pray and seek God's face for 2024. Amen. Now, that new year cannot just enter and we'll be caught off guard. It cannot, it can't, it can't. It can't. Amen. Now, so we'll probably step, so we'll step, we'll probably are going to do that as the Lord is instructing and leading by sensing my spirit. The Lord is asking us to wait on Him as a church before we step into 2024. The Lord strengthen us in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't forget our giving Sundays on the 17th of this month to whatever the Lord lays upon your heart to give. There are people who have sold items to give. It's crazy the way people are so selfless in this ministry and even in church, in global, church globally. Amen now. The Bible says as the people, people sold their items in the early church and the church abounded greatly. So if you are that person, do whatever you need to do. You need to do. 17th, bring your offering. The Bible says, test me in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. I'm proud of blessing upon you. Amen in the name of Jesus. Hello, hello there. Greetings to you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. We pray it really blessed you. To continue to go deeper, we would love for you to join our growth track. A four-week teaching to help you grow in your faith. Send a message to plus two three four nine zero two three four three seven four one five. I repeat plus two three four nine zero two three four three seven four one five. Also, when you share this sermon with someone, it helps us ministry grow. So kindly do so now. Subscribe to the Enlightened Church on Podcast, available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcast, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. See you again soon. Interrupt, enlighten, upset. Celebrate Jesus wherever you are right now. Glory.